Hello, welcome back to the Meaningful Success Podcast. My name is Wade. And I am his firstborn sire. It sounds like, that sounds like sire, like sire. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. You may address me as sire. Sir, sir, sire. (laughs) Sir, sire. Anyways, we wanted to continue our discussion today on what to do when you get stuck. But before we get started, we'd like to take a time to look at our wins for the week. So, Saya. Yes. What is your win for the week? I took a three-day weekend. Oh, that is a week. <laughs> that is a win. I And I haven't done that in a long time, and I really, really needed it. Was and it your Monday off or your Friday off? It was my Friday. So okay. I, I took Friday through Sunday off. I mean, we, you know, we did a little stuff here and there, like we were working on taxes and things like that. But yeah, taking expectations off myself to be productive at a certain level or things like that and just having some time off was really nice. Excellent. Excellent. What about you? Well, I'm kind of getting monotonous here. I know that the last week I mentioned our outline, but honestly, that's where my focus and concentration is right now for the outline for our book. And we're now three fourths of our way through that outline. So we're, yeah. we're moving the ball forward down the field. And I use a sports analogy, even though I never watch sports on TV. <laughs> Getting ready to pour the Gatorade on the athlete's, on the coach's athlete's foot. <laughs> okay. So what was the fruit of your long weekend? Just, are you more relaxed now? A little bit. I think, honestly, we wear ourselves down so much and it takes time to recover. It really does. Mm. And I was thinking about this recently, you know, in something like the Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the book, there are like several times people will do something really strenuous, really, you know, major, like they'll go to Rivendell, right? Mm -hmm. And they have all sorts of adventures on the way and whatever, but they get there and then they rest for like two months, you know? Yeah. They're they're there for like months in the book. Um, I think that our society and like the worship of capital has really kind of robbed our ability to get the rest we actually need and the restoration that we as human beings actually need sometimes. Like yes, sometimes you need weeks or months to actually recover from something, you know, particularly stressful or traumatic or whatever. And so I don't know if this, I don't really have anything to say about that. That's just something I've been thinking about. No, it's interesting because, um, because of a, of a situation, uh, we were aware of, we were talking to a friend of ours who's a pediatrician Yeah, and she was talking about that a lot of our teenagers and our young adults right now, they're just burned out. In fact, her comment was, that a lot of our the folks that are between let's say fifteen and thirty, yeah, are exhausted to the point that in the past forty year olds would be just because there's a never an off switch. Yeah, I mean it's going from one screen to another, from one activity to another, and there's just no disconnect. In, in fact, she was talking about the fact that you know for um, people who had a concussion, one of the things that they do is one of the medical procedures is they have them not view any screen for like, I forget what it is, 48 hours or three days or something like that. There's a period of time that they do not want the patient engaging with any kind of screen, computer screen, phone screen, iPad screen, anything like that. There's just something about it that the fast feed of information is forcing our minds to just 
constantly race. And there's part of the healing process is just to literally disconnect from that. Mm. And so, you know, you're right. I mean, it's, I never realized that in the Lord of the Rings, they were taking like months, but I think about some professionals are in a situation where they are fortunate to get sabbaticals or things like that. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's something that everybody needs from time to time. Well, there's there's a lot to be said on that topic that probably is beyond the scope of our show here. True. Because there's all sorts of implications on that and goes into policy and politics and, oh, well, you know, that's true. a whole host of things. Um, but yeah, like it's just something that really I've been thinking a lot about and I don't have any solution on that. But just taking a three-day weekend, it's, you know, it's three days. That's yes. it. But it's much more than I normally would take. And I allowed myself to rest much more than I normally would. And I can tell a difference. Like there is a difference. Yes. Am I still exhausted and burned out? Yeah. But a but little less. bit less. A you know? less. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of leads us though into what we're talking about this week, which is continuing our series on the creative process mm-hmm. and just the whole idea of being stuck. And we started talking about this last time with the idea of, you know, are you really stuck? Are you really in a rut? Or are you just tired today? And not Mm -hmm. in any sort of dismissive way, but just we tend to go apocalyptic when we look at our lack of productivity because, because our very worth as human beings is based on how much we can produce in this society. And so when we are not sad in of itself, when we're not producing, then, then what are we? And we also talked about how the differences in how people with disabilities or who very who are not neurotypical or et cetera, like experience some of these things is, is different and needs to be accounted for in yourself and holding yourself to those different standards that are honestly more human. Like I think so many of the standards that we hold ourselves to are like expecting ourselves to be machines and we're not, we're human. We're living beings. We're not machines that have an on and off switch. And when it's turned on, it just goes forever. Like we wear down and we need all kinds of different rest, like not just physical, but mental and et cetera. So, so we talked about all that kind of stuff, but now we're talking a little bit more about what do you do when you are stuck? And I think the topic of rest creatively, creatively, yes, in your creative process. And I think this comes up in the rest topic as well a little bit because I was experiencing this just a few days ago in a very small scale way. I was feeling stuck with the book I'm currently working on. Hmm. Um, And I talked about a few episodes ago that I had like outlined it. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was, yes, I outlined it, but that didn't solve all my problems. You know, (laughs) there was a lot of stuff I didn't know how to figure out. And taking that three-day weekend, it wasn't the reason I took the three-day weekend, but it did help me make some progress when I got to the other side because I was rested enough to be able to think about it again. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we're banging our head against a problem for so long, you just lose your ability to think critically or think at all. You get into a loop. I mean, I think that when you when we push and push and push, you know, we're tracking in one way or another. And when we don't allow ourselves times to set set it aside, we can work more, we can work harder, we can work longer, but it doesn't mean we're going to be approaching things more creatively because in all likelihood, we're caught in that loop at that point. You need that disconnect to maybe change the, the thought process. Mm-hmm. Look at it in a different way. Yeah. So, I mean, I... 
as we talked about this and we thought about this topic, you know, I came up with four things that I think about when I, I look at being creatively stuck. These are just things that I look to. And I think the first thing that I would mention is going to the places that I am inspired to begin with. So, for example, your heart, your value of story, your mission of helping others to experience story the way you've experienced it, that didn't just come because one day you said, oh, story is an interesting topic. I think that will be my passion. Things inspired you to begin with. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do, and the same thing musically or otherwise, one of the things that I do to start that inspiration is go back to the well where you tend to get inspired in the first place. And sometimes it may be revisiting things. Sometimes it may be going to something similar or related to it, but allow yourself time and space to go get inspired. Mm. When you are writing, I mean, what do you find? I mean, when you're, when you're writing, is it is it so solar or are you getting ideas when you're watching other things? I mean, how, how do those? Yeah. I mean, it, ideas come up all the time in different ways. There's really no specific predictable way that it happens because mm -hmm. sometimes I might be having a conversation and someone says something and it makes me think something, you know, or, or I'm watching a show or, you know, playing a game or going on a walk or shopping at the grocery store. I mean, there's a million and one different ways that that can happen. I think the difference between that, though, and what you're talking about is more of the intentionality. Yes. There is sort of the nebulous, you know, things just sort of occur to you, sort of creative inspiration. And then there is the deliberate, all right, I need a refresher. I need to, as you put it, go to the well yeah. to draw up those creative waters again. And so for you, what is one of those wells? What is one of those things that I can always return here? Is it a movie you watch? Is it a person you talk to? Is it something, a, a way that you journal, you know? Yeah, I think that there are, I think that, and it's a different type of, inspiration. So for example, one inspiration, let's say musically is simply listening to the artists that speak to me mm. and, and, and do so in kind of a broad way. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I know a lot of people say, well, who's your favorite band or who's whatever. I have so many different styles of music that I enjoy. I could literally be hopping from, you know, a rock music to a jazz music to a Broadway thing to a classical piece to, I mean, it's just all over the board. And honestly, I think, think that that's helpful for me. So for me, one of those things is to listen to those artists or those composers that really have always spoke to me from that perspective. On another angle is things that inspire me just in terms of my heart passion. The classic movie, uh, Chariots of Fire. There is a line in that that I'm sure you're sick of because I've mentioned it many times, but there's a line in that where Eric Little, who is the main character, who's a runner, going to be a runner in the Olympics, he also came from a family of you know missionaries and things like that. And his sister's displeased with him putting so much time and attention to his running because she feels like it's not where he should be spending his time. And they have a conversation conflict. And they go on a walk. At some point in that walk, he stops and he tells his sister, he goes, I believe God made me for a purpose from a mission perspective, but he's also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And there's just something in that line that has always very much spoken to me because we can have 
purposes and what we talk about mission is part of meaningful success. And that's where some of our passions fall into our missions and our vision, because there are things about you, there's things about me, there's things about anybody who's listening here, something that really speaks to your heart. When you're in that environment, it brings a smile to your face. When you see someone doing it, it just takes you to that point of, this is something I really want to be about. That's good. And so for me, one of those sources of inspiration is actually allowing myself to be reminded that what I want to pursue is good and it's purposeful and it's not just play. You know, I think that that sometimes we can get we can get distracted. Oh, well, this is just something I like to play with or it's a hobby or something like that. Don't diminish the, the value of those things. Mm-hmm. So you said you had four points. You know, the first one would be kind of return to your place of inspiration. What yeah. would the second be? The second was more from a perspective of when their creativity is working towards a commercial venture, like for a business or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Take time to look back at the daily challenges. So let's say, for example, uh, one of the things that I I have a focus on in, in the things I do is on sales and helping people who who are in that professional environment to know how to help others uh, through a purchase decision. So one example of that would be me looking at someone who is in that position and what are they facing on a daily basis that's hindering them from being able to do that effectively. Sometimes that's directly involved with the activity itself. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the activity, but it's something that is impacting their ability to to move forward. So that second source of inspiration is taking a step back. You know, if you're doing something that is more commercial in nature or creative from that perspective and saying, you know, what is a real challenge that, that that individual faces on a daily basis And is there something that I can create that could impact that or help that? Honestly, the third one harkens back to your success for the week, and that is disconnect. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of talked a little bit about that, but there is power in just cutting it off for a while. Yeah. Stop trying to push that boulder up the hill. Stop trying to break through that iron wall. Stop. Sometimes you need to stop. Yeah, which is where I am right now is sort of in a deliberate reset moment, just trying to get some energy back, get some flow back. You know, it is very hard to do sometimes, though, because you've got all the stress and you've got all the pressure and and a lot of it is self-inflicted. But it is really important, despite those things, to just take the rest you need anyway. Right. And I guess the fourth one actually aligns with that, and that is to recalibrate. I mean, sometimes we're going down a path and we've kind of got a vision or a, a picture in our mind of what something's going to look like. And it's taking a look at that and saying, well, wait a minute, if I started back at square one, rather than if I try to continue this process of where I'm at, yeah. if I go back to square one and I was to approach this in a new way, how might this look? And sometimes that actually directs you to doing something differently. Sometimes it doesn't change your course, but it brings a new insight that brings new creativity into what you were doing. So allowing yourself to say, what if I went back to square one? So there are simple, simple tips. The first one being, you know, going back to the well, of what inspired you. The second one is, particularly in a commercial uh, capacity, is looking at the, the daily challenges that are hindering people from being able to enjoy or do the things that, that you that you contribute to. The third one is giving yourself the permission, in fact, forcing yourself at times to disconnect. 
impact. Yeah. And then the fifth one is allowing yourself to recalibrate by saying, if I started back at square one, how would I approach this? You know, for yourself, are there other things that you have found is helpful when you are kind of in that creative rut? If there is something you have left unfinished creatively, even if it's something totally different than what you're working on right now, if it is possible for you to go and just finish it, just Hmm. go finish something else. I like to use the example of number of years ago when I was doing writing stuff, I was just had a lot of writer's block on my story that I was working on way back then. What I realized was I didn't have any real momentum and that was making it really hard. Just starting the momentum was really difficult for me at the time. And so what I did was I had a story that I had started writing like a year or two before that, that I had never finished. And so I was like, okay, well, I wonder if I finished that other story. If I just go back and, you know, it's never going to, I'm never going to share it with anyone, but just finish that. If that very fact that I had finished something would give me that momentum and encouragement to kind of light my fire again. And it did. Hmm. Um, It was way more work than I thought it would be to go finish that other story. But when I finally did, it led to this really big burst of like several months of just very, very high intensity creativity that I that I was experiencing. Um, Maybe you're not a writer, maybe you're a musician or maybe your version of, uh, of, you know, your creative stuckness has to do more with like your career, right? Like if there is something you've left unfinished and that's, there's not a shame in that or anything. It's just, everybody has, we all have little parts and pieces left behind various things we could have done. But if you have something you can go and just bring to completion, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to take a whole long time. But if you can just finish something, a lot of times having completed a project can give you that confidence you need to move on to the next thing. It reminds me of, there was a book that someone wrote and I I wish I could reference it because I, but I don't remember, but it was something simple as vice as Make your bed each morning. It sounds so silly and so small, but they said that just the fact that you've accomplished something that early in the day kind of puts you on a track of getting things done. It sounds so simple, but yeah, but but it's that's there. Of course, you know now that you've talked about finishing that little story, now people are going to want to know what that story was. And it was a Legend of Zelda fan fiction that ah. I was writing when I was like thirteen years old. And when did you finish it? When I was like fifteen. 14 or 15. <laughs> Two years later. Yeah. And, and you know, the stuff I was working on back then, none of it ever really came to anything and probably never will. But at the time, it was what I needed. Oh, absolutely. And it, that's just it. I mean, don't discount any of those small things because that started honing and sharpening your creative skills and your writing skills. Yeah. I think that'll do it for this week, everybody. Uh, We're going to continue this topic of the creative process probably some more next week as well. But before we wrap it up for today, Father. Yes, Saya. What was your weekly favorite? Oh, it's the weekly favorite. By far, it was the movie Jesus Revolution. Mom wanted us to go to last week and uh, we went to it and it was very powerful. I mean, the thing that really struck me is how people can discount other people you know, prejudge other people and not consider other people. And the in the movie, it just showed how how short-sighted that is. And I mean, there were a lot of things that were very, very powerful in that movie. But uh, that for me was my weekly favorite because it was very, very impactful. How about yourself? 
I've got I've got one that isn't so much about how powerful it is, but it's uh, uh, I've been playing through uh, the Resident Evil Four remake game that came out recently. My friend gave uh-huh. it to me, and so yeah, nothing nothing so profound as what you were talking about, but it's been fun. It's just been a good well. Remember, way to not, unwind. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear one that you're enjoying video gaming again. And as you recall, most of my weekly favorites have not been all that profound. It's been <laughs> things like pie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like that. Didn't you do pie two weeks in a row one time? Well, that was around Thanksgiving, so yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, which actually, I had pie this week too, which was actually, it was key line, so oh. that was good. Well, I think that'll be it for today, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash Meaningful Success Podcast. And until next week, I am Saya. I'm Wade, and please tell a friend. About how you like our voices. They're velvety. (laughs) Velour. All right. Have a good week. The Meaningful Success Podcast is myself, Saya, and my father, Wade Clark. Intro and outro music is Brings Back the Feeling by Daniel Gunnarsson, licensed through Epidemic Sound. If you'd like to share a story, if you have an idea, if you want to if you want to join the conversation, please send us a message through speakpipe.com slash MSP. I'll get it one, right one of these days. One of these days. <laughs> <laughs>